It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. I'm at Nick Ashew on Twitter, nickashew.com slash locked on Redskins. And yeah, we're going to have Odell Beckham Jr. looks like in the NFC East for a few more years. Signing an extension with the Giants. Five years, $95 million, $65 million of that money guaranteed. And yeah, look, it's been well documented the way that I feel about these diva receivers, these guys that are big stars, these highly paid receivers. They don't win you Super Bowls. But I'll say this, from a Redskins standpoint, now that we're looking... At five years of him being in the NFC East, five years, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be in five years with the Giants. It's probably not going to be Eli Manning, but let's just say that it is for the heck of it. Plus, you've got Saquon Barkley in the backfield. If Odell Beckham Jr. is healthy, man, this is tough. This is not something the Redskins want to deal with, and this is always the way that you need to look at it, too. Like, if you are a Redskins fan and you see the Giants, the Eagles, the Cowboys making moves, that will then affect your team, and you've got to think about it in that perspective sometimes, too. Man, I... Look, Odo Beckham Jr. is an immensely talented receiver. He's also a crazy person. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I, if I'm building a team, the last thing I'm thinking about is a star receiver. I, I mean it. And it's, it, it's not crazy. I want offensive line, my money to go there, especially, you know, like left tackle. I want my money to go to a great defensive line, a strong pass rush. You can never have enough pass rushers. Running game, like I'm going to go to everything before I go to receiver because if you put yourself in a position as a team where your quarterback has time to throw the ball, eventually those receivers are going to get open. And if those receivers get open, even if they're not the top of the line receivers in the NFL, they're going to look better. Tom Brady has made a career out of that. Remember, he did have Randy Moss. They didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Like go back and look at all of these these. Diva receivers, these guys that are me, me, me. They want the ball all the time. They make sure they put it out there in the open. It's I, Antonio Brown hasn't won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. He hasn't. Go back and look. Randy Moss never did. Terrell Owens never did. Odell Beckham Jr. certainly hasn't, but he's only been in the league a few years. You just don't find that. Like, really, you go back and look at these teams that have won the Super Bowl. They've been strong defenses. They've obviously had great quarterbacks, but they're not the type of team that has a guy that's necessarily leading the league in, in receiving. Like, when the Broncos won a few years ago, Tamarius Thomas was the closest thing to sort of the, to the top of the receiving core, to the top of the receivers list in terms of receptions, yards, things like that. And he was in maybe the top five, but he also wasn't a diva. He's not a give me the ball. The Broncos spread the ball out to every receiver. You go back and look at the Ravens years ago. Nope, didn't have a top-notch receiver on that team. Go back and look at when Seattle won. Nope, not a top-notch receiver. Doug Baldwin, leading receiver. Nothing special, right? 
These teams spread the ball out. They balance their offenses. And if you're the Giants, I get it. Like, they had to commit to this. So from a Redskins side of things, I'm like, look, hopefully he continues to be incredibly immature. As a Redskins fan, I see that and say, oh, that's good, and disrupts this team, and they don't continue to grow and continue to get better because then this way, it helps the Redskins. That's purely the fan side of me. Well, the guy that actually does this for a living and covers it and actually looks at football from all angles, well, the Giants had to make this move. He's a star. He's the face of your franchise. He's a dynamic player when he's healthy. You have no choice. You've got to do this. But it is an issue. It's certainly something that they're going to have to think about. One, the health of Odell Beckham Jr. The guy's had trouble staying on the field consistently. Now, when he is, he's dynamic, sure. But you go back and look at the last few years of his career, 12 games his rookie year, 15 and 16 in 2015 and 2016. Last year, just four games. I mean, he's certainly dealt with injuries. Can we say that he's completely injury prone? I probably wouldn't do that just yet, but it's certainly a risk. I mean, he's 5'11", like 190. He's not a huge guy. These are different things that you have to think about. There's no brainer for the Giants because of the situation that they're in. But you just look at allocating all that money, $65 million guaranteed to your receiver, your star receiver. Well, in a salary-capped league, you then have to make sure that your offensive line is strong. It looks like you've got your run game settled for at least a couple of years with Saquon Barkley, but eventually Saquon Barkley is going to have to get paid if he turns out to be the star that the Giants are hoping. And who's your quarterback going to be in four years, three years? Is it still Eli? He's in his late 30s now. So like, these are the types of things that you have to take in consideration. And in the end, receivers are dependent on someone else to make them valuable, right? Receiver is dependent on the quarterback getting them the ball. If they're covered or that quarterback is on his ass the whole time and there's no way he can get you the ball, you're a distraction and you're essentially a decoy, right? You're a statue standing out there waving your hand. I guess you would really be a statue if you're waving your hand, but you get the concept, right? <laughs> that's you're the Statue of Liberty and Ghostbusters, right? Moving. I don't know. I have no idea where I'm going with this, but that's the point. Like this, this is part of the problem with this is you as the, as, as the giants have a position where you got to spend the money on this guy, but you got to make sure that you have enough money to be able to balance the rest of your roster. And receivers are the ones that I would like to, when I'm building a team, that's the least amount of money that I want to spend is on a receiver. All right, Matt Nick Cashew on Twitter. So coming up the rest of the week for the Redskins, they obviously have practice coming up today. And then the next thing on their list is going to be the Ravens on Thursday. And when you look at this and what they've got as a team right now, they have to figure out what they're going to do to fill out that roster. The 53-man roster cuts are coming up on Saturday at 4 o'clock, and they have some decisions to still make. We talked about it yesterday on the podcast. Look, is Rob Kelly or Samaj P. Ron going to be the odd man out? I think it's Rob Kelly. It should be Rob Kelly. But they have that final game to make that decision. That's going to be something that they're going to have to think about. Whether or not they like Rob Kelly personally should be completely put aside. They're going to have to look at who had the better preseason. And if Samaj P. Ryan goes out there and breaks off a couple of big runs and Rob Kelly continues to do what he's done the entire preseason, then you're, if you're the Redskins, you have no choice. You've got to move on from that. You have to make that decision. You have to cut Rob Kelly. He has to be the odd man out. And maybe they just try to stuff every running back onto this roster. I don't know. But to me, it just makes no sense whatsoever. All right. We'll hear from Jay Gruden next. It's the Locked on Redskins podcast. You are locked on Redskins. Your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason... 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Redskins. Jay, can you give us an update on Zach Brown? Zach Brown. Yes, he's uh, missed a couple days of practice, but he'll be okay. Just has a oblique. Has a what? Oblique oh, string, okay. something. He'll be okay for next week. I think week. so, yes. Okay. Jay, what's the feel you get from some of the younger guys who are kind of on the bubble this week? I mean, what's the feel? Do they press? Are they trying to make one more? Is there that big of an impression to be made this last week before cuts? Yeah, they are pressing a little bit, but uh, they, they should be. You know, there's great competitions, and not only for – 53 but there's 10 practice squad spots to be had too and that's a pretty good gig also so uh you know it's gonna be fun to watch these guys play give them a look at a extended period of time you know a lot of times they get in there for two or three plays at the end of a drill or what have you but now we can look at them for a whole half a whole game a lot of them and we'll see how they do over extended period of time um with with connor jessup is, is there the chance he'll be planned to play or is that just an emergency type situation there's a chance we have a package of plays ready for him he'll be ready Jay, do you have any kind of, at this point, do you have in your mind essentially like a 53 with maybe just a couple spots open or how, how, how you know, where, where does that number kind of fall at, at this point of this week? You know, you, you try to have, you try not to predetermine. You want to let these guys play it out to the bitter end, you know, and, and that's kind of what we're doing. And then injuries will play part of it and uh, numbers at certain positions will play a part of it. Like we don't know how many tight ends we're going to keep, how many backs we're going to keep, how many offensive linemen we're going to keep. And that has an impact on inside backer safety corner. So uh, that's the biggest thing is the numbers at each position is the most difficult. Um, and that's something we're going to have to discuss and talk about. But there are still quite a few jobs that are still open for the taking. And like I said, the 10 practice squad spots are also equally as important. We, we didn't see cold out there today, and I'm curious how serious that is, and could that make an impact on roster stuff, keeping two or three quarterbacks? Yeah, Colt's fine. He went to uh, you know, get his thumb checked out, and uh, he's got a sprain. He'll be okay. He would be the backup week one, Arizona. Yeah, that's a plan for sure. You've, uh, you've had Niles Paul in the past in that kind of fullback role when you need to. Is, is there a guy on this roster – you liking that spot? Is that more important now with a guy like Adrian Peterson in, who he really seemed to run well behind JP the other night? Yeah, he did, and uh, he's run well behind a fullback in the past, and uh, he's also run well without a fullback. So I think he can adapt either way. You know, JP Holtz did a nice job, and he, that's something we're considering. You know, it's, uh, he can also play tight end a little bit, so he'd be, you know, possibly the fourth tight end slash fullback, which, you know, would impact some some other position, whether it's running back or inside back or offensive lineman. Jay, you, uh, obviously you'll have Mason and Zach at, at starting at inside linebacker, but especially you seem especially deep there this year when it comes to making decisions there with Vigil, Spate, Harvey Clemens, Hamilton. You know, how do you, what do those guys bring to the table and how do you try to mix and match the guys you want behind your starters? Yeah, that's a tough battle right there. And that's another how many are we going to keep, four or five. Uh, and that's a tough one because they've all showed that they deserve to be linebackers in the National Football League. Even Fernandez has done some good things. So, uh, you know, watch, wait and see. You know, and 
you know, Sean Dion for a rookie's come in here and, and done a pretty good job. Spate has made some splash plays in preseason games. Vigil's done a great job as far as communication concerned. He's like the backup mic communicator, so that's an important spot. Uh, and obviously Josh Harvey Clemens fills a void as far as diamond coverage, uh, and he's done better in base. So um, that's, that's going to be the toughest one, I think, one of them. Circle back to fullback for a second, if you don't mind. If it's not JP, is there another guy on the roster you feel comfortable with in that spot? No, not really, unless we try to train somebody. You know, I, you know, I think if, uh, I think we have enough runs out of our 11 personnel and, and Tiger 12 personnel that we may not need it. But uh, if we do want to have a couple, we might be able to cross-train somebody on our roster. We'll figure that out later. And then uh, Thursday night, you guys will go against Robert. Obviously, he was in here for a little while. A guy with his skill set, as the league has evolved, is there still room for him to be a starting quarterback in this league, in your opinion? Yeah, without a doubt. Anybody that can run and throw, you have a spot. Um, it's very, very important nowadays. Mobility and a lot of the RPOs and the, and the zone reads and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, it just depends on the roster and who's who he's competing with. Jay, I know the focus this week is obviously on your players, but at what point do you start identifying with scouts other teams and, and potential cuts that they're going to make to look at practice squad guys, especially as your, some of your guys might get lost on waivers? No, they're on that already. They've seen every preseason game. They've already had their evaluations done. Now it's just a matter of waiting to see who's going to become available, and then we'll talk about that. So you just wait until Saturday or Sunday? You have to. You, know, you, you try to get your grades ready and try to preview who people might cut you know, and then go from there, but you just never know until it actually happens. I know you've gone through these roster cuts many years now, but does it still weigh on you knowing that half these guys aren't going to be in the room by Sunday? Yeah, it's hard. It's it's always hard. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of them have put enough good on tape. We'll get another opportunity somewhere, um, and it could be with us later. As we learned last year, we called back a lot of guys, you know, and not only practice squad guys, but, you know, like Ari Quanjo is a great example. We had to let him go, and then he went to Baltimore practice squad. We had to call him up on a Friday, and he started for us on a Sunday. So, uh, you know, opportunity lost here. They could get another one somewhere else. You know, you're you're upset for them because how much work they put in. They're all such great kids that you want want to see them do well. But you know, we know the NFL what it's all about, and every year this happens. But uh, hopefully, they'll all bounce back and do well. How are uh, Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson progressing towards being ready for Arizona? Really good. Chris looks fantastic. Really, uh, he's he's been great in his pass blocking and. Obviously, his routes and he's hitting hole. He looks great. I think he's 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 ready to go. And Jordan Reed is, is getting there. I think uh, uh, the more he works, the more he runs. He had a great day today. Um, just getting in and out of his cuts, getting the feel with Alex and the different formations and all that. And I think uh, he's in, he's on pace to be ready. Jay, uh, you're going into your fifth year now, and uh, when you first came in here, you look at the depth of the team and just where you are now as far as these practices and uh, the young guys that you're going to have to cut. I mean, do you feel like the quality of the practices have improved over the past few years with the depth that you have? Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, as, when you get here, when you're here for four or five years like I have been, you have also good veteran guys that know your system and are more comfortable and, and zip through it a little bit easier effortlessly and are good leaders. And, and you're able to keep guys on your team with you that are good for the locker room and, and obviously very good players. So that has a big impact also. And then you have a couple drafts uh, that you're able to build your team with and, and a couple good free agents. So, yes, we definitely feel good about our depth. feel good really about my core group of veteran guys that are very, very good players. So uh, you got to have that along with some good young people, which we do. 
We've asked you about the openers before, but do you do anything to after after your four years now going into this one to prepare differently for an opener than you did in, for previous week ones? Well, we're only four, so we should do something different. You know, we haven't won one yet. You know, we've had a couple close ones. You know, shoot, uh, I can remember all of them. I went through them all the other day. So, um, one, we got to have a better sense of urgency coming out of the first game. You know, we got to start fast and, and eliminate the turnover. First two games, we had a couple special team foo bars. Uh, first two years punt return for touchdown, a block punt for touchdown. And, and then we threw an interception late against Philadelphia last year in the red zone, which uh, cost us. Uh, so we got to clean up the mistakes first game of the year and, uh, and be on our assignments and, and be fundamentally sound. So you just watched them all over again, those four openers recently? I went through them all in my mind, yes. And I used some examples already in some meetings. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The start of the NFL regular season is actually right around the corner. And this season, don't sit around watching the Redskins from home when you could be at FedEx Field and the crowd cheering on in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Redskins listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use the exclusive promo code Locked On. That's Locked On. New customers only, and this offer is only good through the end of August. So you got to get started right away. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. The Redskins kick off their home schedule on September 16th against the Colts, and you could be there for all the excitement go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code locked on for 10 percent off your first order the offseason's over the nfl is back and vivid seats wants to help you get to the game you are locked on redskins all right earlier yesterday i had a conversation with uh, matt williamson of the locked on nfl podcast we got into sort of the perception of the redskins outside of dc adrian peterson and really a name that hasn't gotten enough attention this preseason season Deron Payne it's an interesting year for the skins I mean well it's an interesting time and I what I want to say about that is two new additions I really want to stress on this little conversation we're having of course is Adrian Peterson but also the first round pick Payne let's start on defense because it was not a great performance to say the least against Denver but I'm really encouraged with Payne as a do-it-all modern day nose tackle type yeah, look, everybody's really excited about him, including the coaching staff. We had a scare at the beginning of training camp where, you know, he had that he stepped on someone's foot, hurt his ankles out a couple of weeks. And it became one of these things where I mean, if you I don't know how much you remember the Redskins season last year, uh, they were oh, the injuries was insane, destroyed. So that's everybody's always on pins and needles right now with anything injuries. And I look, I get it. Like, you know, this like there's obviously injuries with every team. It's football. The guys are huge and they run into each other and they smack into each other. And it's like a car accident. That being said, I mean, the Redskins, there was a point last year where the offensive line, they didn't have enough guys to just practice. It was just it was that bad in terms of injuries and I think Kirk Cousins met his starting center one week in the locker room be- right before the game because they just had to sign somebody off the street it was a disaster <laughs> right. so everybody everybody's always concerned about that so Deron Payne luckily it wasn't anything more than you know just 
let's be precautious. It's early on in training camp. I mean, he looked great. And the Redskins' defensive line was terrible. They were last against the run last year. They allowed 134 yards per game on the ground. They were a disaster. And we've been begging, begging for them to work on this defensive line for a while. And now we have, really, as long as they stay healthy, which is always a caveat to really anything in the NFL, with Deron Payne, you know, Jonathan Allen there, Matt Ioannidis is another guy that really came on last year, but also dealt with some injuries. There are a lot of players. And even, heck, a name people may not even remember, Phil Taylor, who's been out of the right. NFL for three years, a former first-round pick, but has been injured, was going to be the starting nose tackle for them last year before he tore his quad and missed the year. I mean, he may be part of this defensive line as well. They've got a lot of talent there now, and it's young. And if it can stay healthy, Deron Payne being added to that list with guys, like I mentioned before, there is tremendous potential for that to be one of the strengths of this team. It was absolutely their weakness last year. Yeah, including the outside edge guys, I do think the, the defensive front – is going to be very much a strength. What would you say is their biggest area of concern, though, on defense? Uh, I'm, I'm still really concerned when it comes to the cornerback position just yeah. because they're so they're young. I mean, look, Josh Norman, by the way, got beat for two 40-yard passes against Denver. I mean, he got smoked. Now, you, you might look at it and say, well, Josh Norman doesn't care about preseason, so he's not going to go out fine. But I look at that and say a guy that had some issues last year in terms of coverage and also somebody that I, I don't get as concerned about the interception numbers as other people because there's also times where if a corner is not being targeted, he's not being targeted. But Denver went after him, and he got beat a couple of times on some bad plays. Uh, and then the rest of that, Quentin Dunbar is a guy that used to be a receiver. He's now their number two corner, and he's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of talent, and he's got a lot of size, but he's still somebody that's learning the position. And then you trade Kendall Fuller in the offseason as part of the Alex Smith trade. Everybody loved Kendall Fuller. He was a guy that came on in his second year as the slot corner where you say, this is what we expected out of him. Struggled a little bit his rookie year, but was coming off of an injury. Dropped a little bit in the draft. So Fabian Moreau is now the next guy that's supposed to be what Kendall Fuller was. Stepping in in his second year. Struggled a little bit in his first year. Dropped in the draft some. Going to step in as the slot corner now. Danny Johnson is a name that's interesting, though, for them. Because he's an undrafted rookie that has been so impressive in camp. It's part of the reason why the Redskins decided to cut Orlando Skandrick. There were other reasons to stop that, too. He wasn't happy there. It wasn't really working. But they really like this kid, Danny Johnson, who is absolutely going to not only make this team, but maybe be a significant contributor to them. But it, then it speaks to the same thing with them, where they're young. They've certainly got some talent in that secondary. The cornerback position could grow in being something that's a strength for them. But it, to me right now, it's an absolute weakness just because of all the question marks and the lack of experience after Josh Norman. Yeah, and I do, you kind of insinuated this, but I slightly fear that Josh Norman ain't what he used to be either, you know? And Yeah, and it's funny, a lot of people really blamed or looked at, you know, what Carolina's defense was and the fact that they could get to the quarterback, which obviously takes the pressures off of, you know, the pressure off of a cornerback, and it's it may be starting to rear its head now. And look, there are a lot of people that were saying Redskins should have released him in the offseason. They weren't going to do that, but if he has a poor year this year, this may be his last year in Washington. Yeah, I can see that. Um Peterson, is he what he used to be? I mean, I was blown away with how he looked in this, this past game. He doesn't catch the ball well, never did, never will. But, you know, the Redskins lead backs of late. Maybe they stress that skill less than other teams. I mean, Geis wasn't known for his receiving skill. I don't think Kelly's much of a receiver. Matt Jones was okay at best. I mean, so, and they have Chris Thompson to do that role. I was blown away by how good Peterson looked. And you mentioned the offensive line. For those that don't know, the Football Outsiders metrics, this was the most injured team in the league last year, led by the offensive line injuries. I think that's a really good group when they're healthy. 
And there's an example right there. Uh, you know, somebody else that was able to bring up the fact that, yeah, the Redskins were incredibly injured last year. And this is not, anytime somebody tries to bring up the, well, you know, every team is hurt. Every team deals with injuries in the NFL. It's really good to hear someone else outside of D.C. bring up the fact, too, that, look, this Redskins team was decimated by injuries. That offensive line early on last season showed a lot of potential, showed a lot of capability. And if they can stay healthy this year, they do lack a lot of depth. And we're going to get to that later this week in the podcast because that is one thing that does concern me, the lack of depth on the offensive line. But if they stay healthy, it's something that we can at least count on to being very capable, if not very good. And I know that's not like a super high standard, right? I'm not saying, oh, well, they're great. Well, I'm not going to put them in that category. But hey, maybe things can improve. All right, I'm at Nick Ashew on Twitter, nickashew.com slash Locked on Redskins. We'll be back tomorrow. It's the Locked on Redskins podcast. You are Locked on Redskins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.